Welcome to Now We're Talking, a show committed to promoting empowerment and keeping the conversation going. Proudly sponsored by Heart Choice Enterprises, offering occupational therapy services that assist in making life doable and enjoyable for adults with lived experience of disability and for caregivers. And now here's your host, Cherie Rowett. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Now We're Talking show. I'm your host this week, Cherie Rowett, founder of Heart Choice Enterprises and co-founder of Now Empowerment Collective. And before I go much further, I'd just like to acknowledge that we're recording this show on the land of the Ghana people and uh, their sovereignty has never been ceded and we acknowledge their leaders past, present and emerging. My co-hosts here in the studio with me are Elizabeth E. Lames, who's the founder and author at Living Attributes and co-founder of Now Empowerment Collective. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Cherie. <laughs> nice to see your smiling face today again. And Yay. Susan Knapp, Engagement Officer at Into Ed Africa and Leadership Team Member at Now Empowerment Collective as well. Hi, Hi Cherie. Susan. <laughs> You've had a busy day running around and I'm glad you made it in to join us. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's been a very uplifting day, so you've got lots of energy. Oh, that's <laughs> gorgeous. Great. Um, so what's been happening um, with Into Ed Africa has it been? Well, we're preparing for our big end-of-year dance concert. So we have about 40 students. We shut down the streets. Um, this is in Kenya, isn't it? This is it? in Kenya. Yes. And we close the streets. We put security out and our 40 students who have been rehearsing all year come together and, and put on a beautiful concert that we live stream and, yeah, so organization from here and there and just getting things done. Oh, the kids must be getting so excited, are they? They about really their love it. Yeah, 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 they really love it. Lots of vibrancy, lots of beauty, lots of music. And this year we've added a choir, so it's going to be really cool. And so, will people be able to see that on your website and and social media? That yes, sort of thing? they Little should snippets? be able to see yep. that through our Intuit Africa Facebook page. Oh, lovely! I'll look out for that, Susan. That's great, Elizabeth. What's been happening with Living Attributes? Oh, um, well, I put the, the pen down for a little bit around the editing <laughs> and um, just, yeah, get some fresh eyes around that. Um, and, yeah, started doing a little bit more video work, which has, yeah, been a lot of fun again. Um, yeah, just being able to have a conversation out there through the lens, which is, yeah, very nice. I think I saw one, Elizabeth, mm. and I really enjoyed because it was it a was gem. It was beautiful. It was a gem from your book, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm yeah. actually doing a little bit of um, a, a small series, actually, around the book in that, that sort of context of mm. my story, my soul, um, yeah, once a week, mm. a bit like this. Yeah, mm. and it was really good. I've really enjoyed listening to them. <laughs> well, there's two and seeing there's you. There's two more now. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. Yeah, I've been a bit busy looking for venues for my caregiving workshops around um, some watercolors and that sort of thing. So oh, um, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. you know, finding some pathways forward. So watch Lovely. this space. So I will Lovely. share some more information when once I firmed a few things good. up. So yeah, it's mm. good. Um, it's the final week this week, isn't it, of our series that we've been doing about the importance mm. of. Longing, which is one of the five now Empowerment Collective social change campaigns. Um, and I think we've all enjoyed this this topic because it's one of those topics, isn't it, belonging for human beings is a necessity for life itself and um, and yet we can take it for granted. So it's really good to pull that out and make it um, a conscious front of mind type of topic for a little while, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Um Today we're going to be, after after we have a little break in a short while, we'll be jumping into a beautiful feature interview with a friend of mine, Jackie Pohl, who's the founder and director of Wild Earth Oceania. 
Jackie's um, going to be able to tell us about Australia's first film festival and movement that has ever purely focused on wildlife. So exciting. Yes. And I think what she'll have to say will will remind us as humans what we can learn from other species about how to belong in harmony on the planet. So Mm. it might seem like a little bit of a stretch because belonging, wildlife, but you know what? Hey, they Mm. connect hugely, Mm. hugely. And I think that's one of the things, Cherie, is that we've really learned through this series on the importance of belonging that it's the fundamental for everything. Mm. And Mm. even with the other now empowering campaigns unless we feel like we belong it's like our our foundation mm. Mm. and that we're not the only ones that we that belong mm. here well yeah, that absolutely. brings me to actually say mm. on my drive down here from the hills this morning so i'm driving down and from belair and the all the st- traffic's all blocked up this is about 11 o'clock i'm thinking what's going on what's going on and and then we're all stopped i thought quietly koala goes across the road and then it clicked i thought that's the symbol of this this movement's Wild Earth Oceana yeah, has, a, has a koala on the air. Right. Oh, my goodness. I thought, well, we're on track, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that is really perfect. Yeah. Wow. And, and just that whole belonging thing, of course, you know, they were there before us. <laughs> Way mm. before us. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. They belong here be- yeah. more than us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. After we've spoken to Jackie on our show today, we'll then jump into um, this topic, our campaign topic about the importance of belonging, and we'll do a bit of a deeper dive today because we'll then leave this topic for a, a few more weeks while we move on to other aspects of the now campaigns. So let's let's really head into it today and and uh, wrap it up beautifully. Um, and then we'll keep the conversation going at the end with a few um, a few thoughts to toss around that might sort of even provoke our listeners, might excite some ideas and some imagination in our listeners uh, on this topic of belonging because we really would like it to tip out of the studio here into people's conversations around the dinner table just so that we all do as human beings do belonging a bit more justice in our lives. But for now we'll head to a break and we'll be coming back then with Jackie Pohl from the Wild Earth Oceania. You're listening to the Now We're Talking show on Radio Talia Uno. Maisha Flow is an Adelaide-based not-for-profit which empowers girls in Kenya. It does that by making sustainable sanitary packs for the women living in the slums. 17-year-old Aliyah Sarango does all of this from Adelaide, which also gives employment opportunities in Kenya. You can help by inviting Aliyah to speak at your business, school or corporate event. Follow Aliyah on Instagram, maisha.flow. Intoed Africa, an organisation that's changing the world for the better, transforming global communities by challenging the status quo of education and operations in Africa and Australia. Using a social enterprise model with global connections, working with people on the ground as their guides, helping build and develop sustainable education and purposeful enterprise facilities in Kenya and Rwanda. Visit their website IntoAfrica.org to donate or call their CEO Susan Knapp on 0414 651 012. You're listening to Now We're Talking, promoting empowerment and ensuring the conversation continues. 
Okay, welcome back. You're here with us listening into the Now We're Talking show with Cherie Rowett and my co-hosts Elizabeth Elangs and Susan Knapp and we're from the Now Empowerment Collective. It's my delight now to introduce Jackie Pohl. Jackie is the founder and director of Wild Earth Oceania, which is Australia's first film festival purely focused on wildlife. Jackie's broad background includes documentary filmmaking and community film projects, and she's currently laser-focused on restoring Australia's wildlife through this initiative, which is the first of its kind in Australia. So, hi, Jackie. Welcome to the Now We're Talking show. Oh, thank you, Cherie. It's absolutely delightful to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're really pleased you could join us. Our focus in this episode of the show is on the importance of belonging. And so perhaps if we get started with you by asking what belonging means to you, Jackie, and um, is there a recent experience that you've had of belonging and what did you value about that? Sure. Belonging for me means to enjoy a shared purpose of higher cause that relates to something outside of mine or anyone else's personal gain. And that is being focused on something where there's an alignment of hearts and bodies and minds, souls, and in many cases, creative energy. And a recent, a recent experience of, of mine where we got to embrace all of, all of those beautiful elements is when my neighbour found an injured magpie and brought oh. it to me to, yeah, I think, uh, let's go with Mulfordy, right? Our Indigenous leader reminds me that Mulfordy is the original and Indigenous term for magpie. Oh. And so this little Mulfordy had been separated from mum, normally we'd leave it. It was injured in need of convalescence and had come in contact with a car and I think a cat or a dog. And really what opened up was a conversation around native wildlife and the role we play with them. And what I valued was the fact that we were able to play tag team and take that NACHI, which is wildlife proximal to us, that we have a custodian and caretaking mindset towards. And essentially it was in their enclosed yard during the day convalescing and then in my uh, wildlife treatment room at 27 degrees Celsius at night <laughs> and then the neighbours and their kids got involved and all of a sudden we've got 10, 15 children learning about how to rescue and rehabilitate and care for and also when you just leave a long, young bird alone because there's plenty in spring that don't need intervention um, and here was this beautiful opportunity where my two corporate lawyer neighbours are now um, avid wildlife uh, conservationists. Oh, <laughs> what a beautiful story. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> really love it. Jackie, I know you've yes, had sir. an amazing uh, background and I think our listeners would love to hear what your earliest memory is of connecting with wildlife and yeah. which part of the world you were in. Yeah, oh, thank you. I was uh, born um, in South Africa and come from a farm, 250-acre farm, bordering Botswana, Mozambique. Wow. And Zimbabwe. <laughs> Beautiful. And, yeah. And so my earliest memories relate very much to sounds of wild boars and lions, oh. um, monkeys running through the house, massive pythons around 20 or 30 feet that would make a native African uh, python rescuer run out of the shed. <laughs> um 
And uh, the, 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 I think very much smell and sound. But to be more specific, uh, when we moved to Lebanon, which was a gold mine uh, near Soweto and Johannesburg for my father to um, pay back his scholarship, he went to medical school and we needed to live there. All of a sudden, I found myself as the only white child in a, uh, a city and a, a town of thousands and thousands of um, Africans. And I felt very much like the odd one out. And we had this big yard. And that also, for me, felt not right with all these privileges. But one of them brought me a baby lamb. And the lamb had been separated from his mom. And so by the time I was three, four years old, I was uh, hand-rearing um, this lamb, which really, for me, um, with my parents, um, somewhat distracted with racism and apartheid on the rise and my father working long hours as a surgeon. I did have an African nanny, uh, Elizabeth, who was um, very much there for me, but that first wildlife experience in realising he's a dependent, defenceless, vulnerable creature who I can import into and make a significant difference. Of course, the imprinted on me and followed me around. Um, mm. That was very, very formative. Mm. Mm, I was three. Mm. So beautiful. thank you for asking. Thank you. So, Jackie, from all of these amazing experiences that you've had, mm. how has that formed a vision for you? Oh, clearly, you have an amazing vision for the animal sure. kingdom and our planet. Mm. So, so now what is the vision that you have that uh, you want to see happen and connect with people around with your movement? Yeah, sure. My vision is that we would learn and appreciate to – experience on a very deep level that we are part of nature, mm-hmm. that everyone would be exposed to enough experiences for them to have that very deep epiphany mm. that we are part of nature because until that happens, it's like trying to splash a bit of fi- water on this raging bushfire. But once that epiphany occurs, no one, unless they've really got some very significant issues and, and needs some specific help, goes out and harms themselves every day. And yet with the modern civilization and all of the things that have occurred, we're all inadvertently doing that. And there's quite a lot of undoing, isn't there, to, mm. to come mm. to a point where we are living a sustainable existence with ourselves, each other, mm. and our natural world. And that very much includes wildlife. And so my vision is that we would reach a point where there's a positive rhythm of life that's sustainable, where people and wildlife can thrive, coexist and appreciate, understand and love one another. Mm. So it's through knowing that people come to love and understand. So it's very much a heart-to-heart, start with that groundwork um, and that appreciation and relationship, Mm. uh, act local and then We'll think a bit mm. more globally, but yeah, we, we we definitely have that international focus. That I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, I noticed that you've got Jane Goodall on as an ambassador for you, and yes. uh, you know clearly she's an ambassador for the whole planet. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah, and her her conviction and wisdom, and, and mm. you know any of the documentaries that any of us watch around her yes. life, um, how she started. Um, mm-hmm. oh, God, and has never given up. So I guess that's it, isn't mm. it, is to know that we, the, the animals belong here and, you know, I, I put that um, out there as a big belonging, mm. um, that mm. they actually belong here because they were here before us. So, mm. you know, this is really their home before it was our home. And, um, yes. yeah, so I really get – I had a look at your website. It's exquisite. 
and oh, yeah, very, you, um, very inspiring yeah. and stirring. So um, I really encourage people to see it. It's lovely and can't wait for the festival and yeah, to be a yes. part of the movement. Yeah, so. Yeah, thank you so much. We're very uh, honoured and privileged to have Dr. Jane Goodall as a world-renowned ethologist and as you referred to her, her original work in Gombe yeah. and understanding how animals use tools and that they experience emotion mm. like all of us. Mm. From joy to grief to um, to jealousy to curiosity um, has been formative and um, what an incredible story become the UN messenger of peace mm. and we're I'm very proud of our team including our ambassadors and wildlife champions uh, for whom we are very grateful. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Jackie, uh, it yes. it is just. Um, your vision is big, and I guess I'm yes. I'm curious now about how this specific idea mm. of creating Wild Earth Oceania mm. as Australia's first film festival and movement. Mm. How did that actually arise for you? And and was there something specific that inspired you to be working on it right now? You know, in 2021. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Sri. That that vision came out of the bushfires. It, it, uh, there was, I'll leave the, the backstory prior to that, but the, the point, the point where mm. we realized we must act was, I was sent, I was sent reams of videos and photos of cameramen standing there weeping as they try to look down a long lens of mm. a kangaroo who knew its joby would die. Yes. And the, the kangaroo is waiting for help to arrive for someone to rescue the joey. And its feet had been burnt off. Three billion animals <gasps> didn't just mysteriously perish. They burnt to death. And that was our doing. I don't mean that in a guilt or shame ridden way at all. I mean that the level of suffering required a self-determinant, clear plan where that adversity is used as a lever to restore Australia's ecology and the world's ecology and environment to what it should be. So I'm taking a law of thermodynamics that it required a very large response with some very methodical planning in order for us to reach a point where our children and our grandchildren will have a home where there will be a balance and a homeostasis and the prevention of the next uh, zoonotic disease where we can we can have um, something that is purely that is really sustainable because we're dependent on we're dependent on that they're not dependent on us but we are absolutely dependent and and mm. we I think we owe it to ourselves and to to them that discord that disharmony that we all feel mm. ne- it needs to reach a place of resolution and there's a way we have the power to solve it we but we need each and every adult and child to be a part of this mm. yeah, yeah couldn't agree more yeah. Jackie yeah. I was wondering if you could uh, let our listeners know which countries are included in the Oce- Oceania yes. region Oceania. Yeah, and <laughs> will we get yeah it is a bit of a mouthful isn't it and <laughs> will we get to see films from across the whole of the Oceania region mm. in the film festival yeah um, thank you uh, for asking that so Oceania refers to Australia New Zealand and the Pacific Islands so that would be New- uh, Fiji, Indonesia, Melanesia, mm. um, uh, Samoa, Papua New Guinea and so we are embracing a philosophy that we are here to care for our brothers and sisters and those islands are within the reach of our direct ambit hence uh, me and our team choosing choosing them. In terms of where the films come from this is Australia's, as you know, first wildlife film festival. They'll come from everywhere and 
I was previously the Australian and then Oceana Director of the Wildlife Conservation Film Festival prior to this. We have rebranded and we are independent and proud of that, but films will come from all around the world. We would expect at this point around 45 nations and a lot, a lot of beautiful films from Africa and from Southern America and from Asia. It extends um, right across the globe. Mm. Incredible. Beautiful. So exciting. So, you well, know, we've got everything from you – know, when I was with WCFF, we saw everything from James Cameron's Akashinga uh, with Nat Geo right through to a film made by someone I've never heard of who's punching way above their weight about an insect in Papua New Guinea wow. and everything in between. Mm, yeah, Fantastic. <laughs> Can't wait. And we'll a lot of films, yeah. Um, and Jackie, um, yes. is it going, are you having an element of the um, sort of uh, local kind of uh, film, film, local community-based people submitting sort yes. of short little film, amateur-type film, or is it very much that professional yes. level of filmmaker? Oh, yes, sure. So we would like to encourage the independent and emerging talent to absolutely go for it. Oh, beautiful. And, and we also have a lot of people that are working for some of the big companies like Nat Geo, Discovery, PBS, Smithsonian, and there's the levelling force, but we're also able to utilise their beautiful skills and experience to be mentors to some of the younger and less experienced wildlife filmmakers, and we're also wanting to mobilise children to be better Mm. empowered to protect nature. So how that plays out is, yes, we'd like to see every submission, and if there's a few things that need ironing out, we're here to help and be supportive, and then we will be opening up a youth mentoring and media lab component for children, including competitions and ways to incentivise them being global citizens. We would like everybody to feel like they belong and they can be a part of this. Not it's not there to be admired. This is one face, one race, um, and there's and we welcome everyone. Um, mm. So don't mm. be shy. Reach out, and there's there's plenty of ways to be involved. There'll be another iteration of the website shortly, and then some of those beautiful things will come to the fore. Yeah, I, I, I'm really hearing that you know that that thing that's ignited in us as small children around animals is just mm. pure love, absolute pure love. And uh, I think yes. you know if we can get a hold of that in children and just grow that and yeah, ignite it back in yes. adults, I think yeah, yes. the whole thing is it's you know they I know they always say that about you know get the kids and <laughs> and then you'll have them for life. But yeah, I think yeah, I can really relate to that one around. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, I think sometimes. You I forget that I've um, been had a particular experience where mm. I've been involved with thousands of butter from a very tender age, but there's a lot of children in cities and whose parents are not particularly comfortable um, with a number of, of species of wildlife and to be able to, you're absolutely right, access, because there's so much empathy and kindness in mm. an animal and, and caring for mm-hmm. it. Um, and there's so many things that are positive unintended benefits like, mm. say, for example, with horses, they're very good at expressing emotion, they are boundary-driven, and they know how to take care of themselves and in many ways teach us to do the same, mm. yeah, things yeah. like that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Jackie, that's it's beautiful. Yeah. I think, um, oh, gosh, our hearts are all yeah. really, really beating strongly <laughs> at this point. Um, can, uh, you, can you let our listeners c- uh, know how that they can mm. connect in with Wild Earth Oceania and the work you're doing there, yeah. Jackie? Yeah, absolutely. At the moment, we're quite active on social media, and by that I mean 
Instagram really tells quite a part of the story in terms of what's current. The website is our landing base and that's where the announcement, announcements will be. So that's where film submissions, competitions, uh, ways for youth to get involved. So I'll keep an eye primarily on those two things and that will include a, uh, six boutique lead-up events okay. in Adelaide and we would be hoping to uh, collaborate and be creating a smattering of offerings for children big and little across summer. So there's lots of exciting announcements to come over the next month to three months. So oh, looking forward. So exciting. Those two things. <laughs> Facebook's a little bit light on, but Instagram and certainly the website Okay. And then there'll be a media campaign starting starting in January. So, oh, that's great. Um, so and yeah, we'd love to hear from people. Oh, that's great. And your inaugural film festival will be late 2022. That's correct, isn't it, in terms of timing? Yeah, that is yeah. correct. Mm. October, yeah, yeah. November with a date to be announced shortly. Oh, how very exciting. And we'll be definitely yes. sharing your information on our platform as well for sure. Yeah. Mm. Oh, thank you, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we're here to be supportive. So yes. um, looking, looking, looking forward to what's to come and yeah. – um, Happiness has been in a little bit short supply and we'd, mm. we'd love to be able to boost the mental health of all of Australia and beyond and this is something that's positive mm. and future-focused and inspiring mm. and we're wanting to move that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness and right out mm. of the picture and enable people to feel empowered and mm. have that sense of meaning and purpose that they can and are making a significant difference. Because if each person does that, then we multiply it out with teaspoons of change and then we have that large-scale positive social collective action that we need in order for nature to take over. There'll come mm. a point when nature would be able to hold her own again. We're just wanting to provide some nurturing mm. support and have every person and child and adult be part of that because yeah. we do need everyone to take part. Just beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jackie. It's oh, you're been, welcome. It's a pleasure. It's been really great to Thank hear you. your insights about your importance of, of humans feeling that curiosity, that connection, that kindness and empathy with wildlife and taking action to conserve what the home of wildlife that we're living in, the habitat which we share with them. Yeah. So, um, dear listeners, please connect in with the Wild Earth Oceania Festival and Movement. You can go to their website, as Jackie said, or follow their Instagram account and support Jackie and her tribe in their great work building more belonging with our natural world. We'd love to connect up again soon, Jackie, and best wishes with what you are doing with Wild Earth Oceania. Mm. Thank you so much, Sheree, Thank you, Jackie. Elizabeth. And Susan, <laughs> yes, Jackie. much appreciated. Yeah. Okay. Look forward to being in touch soon. Yes. Do take fine. care. Thank Thank lots you. of love. Bye for now. Bye. So we're heading to a break now and we'll be back to reflect on the importance of belonging campaign some more. You're listening to the Now We're Talking show on 87.6 FM Adelaide, Radio Italia Uno. Are you at a point where your work or life doesn't seem to cut it anymore and the emotional feeling in your stomach or heart is calling you to do something different? Elizabeth Elames is an archetype activator and her purpose is helping you to identify what that something different is and why it surfaced. Teaching you how to bring your inner archetypes to life, Elizabeth can identify your story, activate your codes and align you with your soul's higher purpose. Find your inner strength and direction by visiting www.elizabethelames.com.
You're listening to Now We're Talking, promoting empowerment and ensuring the conversation continues. Hey there and welcome back to the Now We're Talking show. This has been the fourth show in our mini-series on the Now Empowerment Collective's campaign that is highlighting the importance of belonging. It's a community-focused campaign because as humans we are social beings and together in community we can enhance our survival and enjoyment of life. Therefore, belonging is not only important, but we see that there's also still room for growth and practical actions in many areas of our society that are connected to belonging. And before the break, we were talking with Jackie Pohl, whose love for wildlife Mm. has led her to create Australia's first film festival and movement focused purely on wildlife and restoring it. Um, in the Oceania region and globally, of mm. course. So, um, Susan, I wondered as we were talking to Jackie and we were reminiscing about childhood and the connection, special connection between kids and animals, do you notice that animal connections bring an additional layer of belonging in your children's lives? Oh, absolutely. And I think it was something that, that um, activated when Jackie was speaking about, I wonder if where she was saying we, we're having to, as adults, we're having to unlearn. I'm, I'm really feeling like younger children are very intuitively connected to, to animals and to wildlife. And I know with Amalia in particular, you know, at the moment she has a pet snail and, um, she's <laughs> so connected gorgeous. to this snail. She has created, uh, an enclosure for the snail. <laughs> How old she, is Amalia? Again? Amalia is seven. Oh. She has written a book about this snail. She has illustrated the book about oh. the snail. And, you know, she goes from, from that level of a snail, which we perhaps perceive as a bit, um, unconsequential, inconsequential, um, to her love of horse riding and to her her connection with dogs and her connection with cats and her connection with animals in Africa. And it's really quite exquisite to watch that connection that she has with with animals. And Aaliyah is exactly the same. Oh, mm. It is really a universal, yeah. uh, really, really. So maybe we as adults belonging, have been yeah. a bit, um, yeah, conditioned out of it. Yeah, and we've, we've forgotten yeah. that heartfelt connection yeah. to those beautiful creatures. Elizabeth, you Even all. a snail. <laughs> Does a snail have a heartbeat, Susan? <laughs> oh, I don't know. We'll ask Amalia. Has <laughs> stuff. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, you've always had a deep love for the animal kingdom, I know, because yeah, you've do. shared that with mm. us over the times. And do you feel that the Wild Earth Oceania Film Festival and Movement will have an impact in the area of belonging? Well, you know, hopefully it will ignite that again, That ch- like I was saying before, that childhood spirit in us around how much we love animals and how much they play a part in our experience. Um, but, you know, you know, I like to do that flip thing and, and I think that they actually teach us more than, uh, than anything is that, you know, they have this amazing thing around unconditional love. But, um, you know, when we were talking before, I was thinking, you know, I, I always think that animals um, are the uh, joy activators, you know, and, and hence why my kids or my boys are always sending me animal videos. <laughs> you know, we have this sort of trail. It's like this thing that we have, the, a connection between us of all of these strange things that animals do or people take videos of animals doing so you know why is that why do we they're they're the biggest thing on the internet by the way too you know the reels and the stories and whatever they're all animal cat videos mostly Mm. um because they're we connect to them you know we connect to them and um 
I just want to say, so what we do know is that from a shamanic point of view is that people have animals around them because they apparently connect us between the worlds. So that's why we know um, that it's really important to have animals around us as humans because the animals haven't lost their instincts. So um, whereas in a lot of cases we have, we can, you know, sort of tap into our intuition, but the animals still have that, you know, like my cats. You know, it's it's not even thundering and the cat will sit there by the fridge because that's where she hides behind the fridge and the other one hides behind the bookcase and, they you know, they go even before it's raining or they oh, know, wow. they actually know. Or the ants come in, we all know this one, the ants come in and get in everything and you go, oh, it must be going to rain. Mm. And it's nails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and snails. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and it's really interesting that – they connect to us on on another level, though. They really do. Um, it, it reminds me of a story that um, when my parents divorced that we couldn't keep our dog. No, it had to go and live with my nana. And I used to go and visit my nana and have the dog in the car sometimes and uh, just being, being with her, my little dog, Peppy, and just talk to her. Aww. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. yeah it is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because they 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 just love you. Yeah. Oh, so true, isn't it? Yeah. We brought a, a pet into our family life uh, almost three years ago now, and it was a little dog. And we've I've never owned a dog in all my long years on this planet. Oh, wow. And so it was such a huge learning curve. And I realised that I did not understand how to read the behaviours and the signs of a, a little species another species to humanity you know and they're non-verbal so you really do have to spend the time to get to know what different body language things mean in that little animal that's in your household and I have to say that since we've got uh, since I've started to be able to speak dog body language I am so much more confident with my own dog but also with other dogs at the park and I just love dogs now and any dog you know I just love them and I and it's and before I felt a little bit cautious and careful and, and a bit scared of dogs, really, you know? Yeah. And, and so just having some a dog close to you or an animal close to you, I think it breaks down some sort of barrier in your own in your own um your own willingness to um see the importance of other species and to recognise to sort of recognise the um, the life force in them, that there's as much life force in them as in us. You know what I mean? It's being expressed in their way, but it's there's definitely this energy and this yeah. life force. And and a girlfriend of mine said before we had got the dog, she said, "You must get a dog. You must get a dog. It's another heartbeat in your household." And you know, I'll be forever grateful to Sarah for that encouragement because it's really true. It is just yeah. another little warm body that's you know sheltering with you and getting nurture from you. And and I loved what Jackie said when in our interview and when she highlighted that you know it is this epiphany that humanity needs to reach it's a real epiphany point at which we go ah they're as much part of nature as we are so actually we're just loving a brother really or a sister mm. when mm. we love animals or birds aren't we it's just mm. you know it's all life you know, on this earth and we all belong here so um yeah i reckon that we're going to um be able to dive into this um this uh, topic of belonging uh, even more after the break. So for the time being, we'll um, truffle off to a break um, and we look forward to seeing you back after it, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio Italia Uno on 87.6 FM. See you in a minute. 
ArtChoice Enterprises offers occupational therapy services that assist in making life doable and enjoyable for adults with lived experience of disability and for caregivers. Using an occupational therapy framework, ArtChoice Enterprises also develops and leads projects that promote inclusive communities. The ArtChoice Enterprises mission is to co-create belonging and well-being. Their vision is balancing heart and mind in living, leading and caregiving. Visit their website www.heartchoiceenterprises.com or call 0401 065 234. You're listening to Now We're Talking, promoting empowerment and ensuring the conversation continues. Hey, welcome back to the show. In case you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Now We're Talking radio show and we are the Now Empowerment Collective and it's that time of the show now when we get to raise some ideas that might capture your imagination, dear listeners. It might even, you know, provoke a few thoughts. You might get a little bit, you might have some reactions or responses to what you hear us talking about. It's all good. We love it. It's good to know we're alive, isn't it? Because we'd love for you to keep the conversation going about the importance of belonging and let's keep building it in our world. So now that we're coming to the end of our first mini-series of episodes focused on this topic, it's a great time to reflect back on some of the key messages from some of our guest interviews about the room for growth and practical actions in many areas of our community that are connected to belonging. So, um, Susan and Elizabeth, it's been great, hasn't it? It's do you been remember, really good. Do you remember talking to Jane, Susan, Jane Barrett from Community Living Project? Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah, she was fantastic. She was I, – I, one of the things I really loved about what Jane spoke of was um, being very conscious of the them and us mm. and creating a oneness that obviously that unites rather than divides and I know she was, she was talking about a disability sector, but even just flipping that and, and making it an ability sector. Oh, and, gosh, you know, yes. because we've all got abilities and we've all got disabilities. Absolutely. Um, it just depends on how you look at it. So if you're, if you switch from them to us, we, we just create this collective union where we're all teaching and learning from each other. Mm, yeah, yeah, beautiful wrap-up. And, yeah, I just wanted to add to that is that, um, you know, flipping it from um, from disability to actually animals now. You're saying sure. them and us. Mm-hmm. This, this, but it's, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they belong here just as much as what we do. So um, I think we can sort of, yeah, there's this sort of weaving of all of the different topics mm. um, or just, speakers. Yeah. Just? Mm. Remember Sarah that we had on from the Neighbourhoods Circles Initiative, Elizabeth? Yeah. Um, she was telling us some really um, profound things in bringing us back to the simplicity of neighbour-to-neighbour connection and mm. person-to-person mm. connection, remember? Mm. And it was things as simple as knowing each other's names or asking to borrow something or asking for something that we need and being mm. able to approach another person in our lives, in our community, in our street, to ask yeah. for that thing yeah. creates a bridge of trust, creates a bit of relationship. 
Yeah. And suddenly there's this sense of more belonging in our space. And, and one, of the, one of the things that really stood out for me with Sarah was, uh, I don't know if you ladies remember, she talked about how Adelaide is architecturally designed nowadays that we rarely have cul-de-sacs. And she mm. talked about that cul-de-sac as being yeah. a, a beautiful community symbol with people mm. out in their front yards with the sprinklers on. And so I've been really mindful of that uh, when I've been driving around and and in our own street, but also thinking how we will, as we continue to build and develop what we're doing in Africa, being really mindful of that. And I know we talk about things in circles mm. and the circle actually creates that community. So that was a really big uh, realisation that I got from Sarah. Mm. Yeah, and, and what I'm hearing here is that people are really sort of always calling back to their childhood about, you know, when they belonged. Mm. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, revisiting of that through all of the themes that we've had. Yeah, yeah. there is, isn't there? Our yeah. childhood experiences in our neighbourhood, you know, yeah. playing with other kids mm. in their street and that sort of stuff. Yeah, you're right. We yeah. had Cynthia Caird from the Australian Migrant Resource Centre um, and she reminded us really about that um, the benefit of being open to asking a simple question when we when we encounter migrants recent migrants just as simple as how are you settling in here mm. you know and and just having mm. some words to get started creates that conversational connection mm. that is a bridge between human beings yeah and it creates more belonging straight away doesn't it yeah it, it really does and i think it, it can also um that happy of migrants we've learned through the four shows you can just do it to your yeah. neighbor yes you know it mm. you it's actually and i think um bringing back what you were saying elizabeth it's actually about creating oneness mm. shifting away from a division and creating a oneness and understanding that we're all part of the same story we're all mm. in this together mm. and so how are we going to do that in in a positive peaceful unifying manner mm. and the richness from asking those questions too because yes. you know the thing the distinction that I was getting before also is that um on, along the timeline um all of us are migrants here on mm. on this country except yes. for um first nations people so so the thing is that you know there is that it's like in me asking okay so what what was your heritage what was that and you know what did you guys do yeah i remember really um having those conversations around kitchen tables with people from macedonia from greece from poland and yeah just oh, so um excited about hearing what their stories were and and why they have this and why they do that yeah, it's great. It's great to understand each other more, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, these are things that they've brought to this country. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. My kids this week were uh, helping a friend put up their Christmas tree, mm. and she's from Poland. Mm -hmm. And it was just as a by the way that we happened to be there and her tree was bare. And so the kids, oh, could we decorate your tree? And it was the most exquisite experience because every decoration that came out of the box came with a story mm. and came with a story of her childhood and her mm. belonging and her sister happened to be there. And it was just this most beautiful, beautiful moment of all of us from all different places happened to be in this one mm. place and all just felt like we belonged as one. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah the so tree of life. Yep. Yeah. 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 We're going into that season, aren't we? Mm. And yeah. just and just before we leave our guest speakers, I guess just what, another thing from from Jackie's uh, perspective was that connecting in the region. So a big island, Australia, including in its consideration of nature, the smaller islands, Fiji, Samoa, mm. all these regional islands, and and just connecting us because we are one and the same. The union mm. that you're talking yeah, about. Sure. Yeah. So nature is so important across the globe, and uh, yeah, very exciting times ahead with that that film festival coming up so um susan and elizabeth given everything that our guests have highlighted regarding actions that we can all take to grow more belonging can i ask each of you now perhaps to add your perspective too before we move off this campaign topic onto a different one next week so um is there something that perhaps you can share with our listeners about your experience and your view of the importance of belonging and practical actions that you will um would therefore recommend Susan, do you have something from... Yeah, well, I think um, doing this show has been really, really fascinating for me, Sheree, and I think I mentioned it in one of the other shows about how I actually had had not perceived myself to belong here, particularly in Australia, and I've really shifted that um, since we've been doing the show and I've been listening to these fabulous guests and learning from you ladies. It's about... Um, how we perceive it. So it's, I guess it's that, that cliche of you can be around a uh, hundred people and still feel lonely. Mm. And so it's, so it's really, really shifted my perception and what my mind had created into my reality of, well, you don't belong here. Well, actually, that's not true. So now it's been shifting my mindset about that and understanding that I belong as part of the planet. I belong as part of nature. I belong as part of mm. groups. I belong as, as part of a family. And so it's been, it, it might sound a little naive, but it's been really, really, um, peaceful and awakening for me. Yeah. Mm. So thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in the current climate, um, there's often times when I don't feel like I belong and that I can't speak, um, my own truth, which I'm not going to speak on radio, but, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, so, so it's, it, that's interesting, you know, the concept. Whereas I sort of, sort of felt like I belonged. Um, whereas now, you know, there's, there's moments where I go, well, you need to shut your mouth here. And not, not say anything because, uh, you don't belong to this tribe and it's not actually going to be comfortable if you do say anything. So I know that's probably a bit left of field, mm. but you know, in essence, really, there, there's a big belonging issue going on right now. I think, you know, there's a lot of polarity and, um, Stories that are coming out where people clearly don't belong, aren't allowed in hospitals, aren't allowed to do this, do that, whatever. So, um, yeah, so I, I guess I'm experiencing what I've never experienced before. And, and you know, it's actually been very good for me to go, <laughs> wow. So that's what a person, a real mm. minority actually feels like. And that's, yeah. So that's what it feels like, Elizabeth. Mm. You know, and maybe we need that balance because mm. we know we're going to get through it in the end. Maybe, but maybe if we've always felt like we belonged, then we sort of need that little yeah. bit of a jolt to feel the opposite to then create empathy for those yeah. who perhaps haven't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's very interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, so on that, I probably haven't actually always felt like I belonged <laughs> um, because we've always a bit, you know, this visionary abstract way of thinking can make you feel a bit like that, but that's okay. I I'm okay with that because I have to be who I am. Um but this is different. Mm. This is because this is very a very social um uh, oh, what would you call it? Vibe that that everybody's experiencing from their own perspective. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's um, feeling like in some circles that you don't belong mm. anymore, anymore, mm. anymore. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I think I th- can I join in now of too from my yes. perspective <laughs> because it's been really. I, it's so funny what we focus on often it does ripple through your life, and you do experience it in different ways mm. in different aspects of your life. And I've just been noticing, and we all know this, but to experience it yeah. and to feel it is a different thing. And I think that's a little bit what you've been talking about, Elizabeth. I do identify with that a little bit. And mm. go. I guess it's like uh, the story, the dominant narrative, the dominant story in our society that's being told at the moment. We hear it on radio, we hear it on TV, and anyone who has a different perspective, a different view, there's not really a place for that conversation. So it's, it is it is very, very tricky. And I think... Um, I'm fi- I'm really feeling like I have some taste at the moment in aspects of that around what uh, minority groups, First Nation people feel. It brings back a little bit of I've had a migrant background, you know, three generations ago, four generations ago, and I, I have a little taste of what that would have been like trying to carve mm. out a life in a racist part of Australia mm. at the time for that minority person from a minority background you know, just that real disempowerment, the real disempowerment and the loss of voice, the loss of respect. Um, so it's uh, really, really – so I just – I guess this year what I'm feeling like coming into Christmas that we have this whole extra thing going on in our society and it's this kind of extra layer of choosing who we can allow ourselves to spend Christmas with even – you know, even within mm. the realms of our own family groups. And it's quite hard territory. Mm. Realistically, mm. it's really hard yeah, territory sure. emotionally. Yeah. It's like, who is yeah. my tribe this Christmas? Mm. Yeah. And um, and in that fear, the fabric of fear, which, you know, uh, completely understandable, you mm. know, humanity yeah. facing this sort of, you know, survival sort of threat, people, it brings up fear. It takes a whole lot of um, wisdom to face that fear and deal with it um, in a constructive way. So I guess I would just encourage listeners to be very aware of that from whichever side of the choice um angle you're sitting to be aware that what seems black and white to you could equally seem just as black and white but from a different mm. perspective to somebody else who's got a different opinion yeah and sure. to to honor that and to just be mm. kind and to yeah, have that empathy exactly. we spoke about having empathy for animals mm. and their experiences in this world and it's like surely we owe that to each other as human beings mm. so to to know that at the but never sacrifice the love never be, be mm. mindful of your words be mindful of your heart space you may want boundaries you may want to choose mm. not to spend christmas as you normally would that's fine have the conversation in a civil way mm. don't don't throw the love out with the with mm. the um fear that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, behind absolutely. it yeah 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 so i guess on that note as we're heading into the you know at this point you know whenever our audience happens to be hearing this you'll probably think back to christmas or forward to christmas whatever the timing of you listening to this at the moment as we record it christmas is ahead of us and so it is sort of timely to be thinking of these sorts of issues so 
That's a wrap, guys. That's our show for today. Mm-hmm. And, Thanks, um, Sheree. And Thank you, great. Sheree. Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been a delight to bring this little really mini-series to life. Yeah, so I'm Sheree Rowett and I've loved being your host. And thanks to my co-hosts, Elizabeth E. Lames and Susan Knapp. Thank you. Um, and to our guest, Jackie Pohl, today for her commitment and her passion towards supporting more belonging to grow in our world. So in case you did miss the feature interview with Jackie Pohl, dear listeners, from Wild Earth Oceania, please head over to our podcast for that and all our past episodes now next week we're going to have the excitement of a new start and you the next campaign mini series and i'm going to hand the baton over for hosting the show to elizabeth e lames it's going to be wonderful elizabeth's going to be leading us through the topic of community first leadership for the next few um, episodes of our show so do be sure to join us again next week at the same time for the now we're talking show and in the meantime As a humanitarian, I'd love to leave you with the following empowering quote to ponder in your hearts. And I know I shared this quote last episode. I'm going to say it again because I do think it's really beautiful. The quality of our laughter and joy, the knowledge of our voices, thoughts and actions are weaving beauty around this land.